Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome back to the first podcast of 2021. It's been three weeks. I was looking at it there, I was like, it seems like ages since I've done this. So it's episode number 30, and we're joined by another Ayrshire coach today, Lewis McFarlane. How are you doing? Oh, mate, such a pleasure to be on, Christian, mate. Really appreciate it. And 30 episodes deep, man, that's that's really impressive, actually. Like, well done yeah. with the consistency, man. Yeah. Love what you're doing with everything right now. Um, really excited for today. Yeah, I came on the call and I was actually laughing. Ailey was listening. I was like, I bet you Lewis comes on with Hunter's like energy. And he was like, Christian, <laughs> coming on. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Let's give someone, let's give everyone some of this energy. But um, yeah, so the topic of the podcast today, um, I spoke to Lewis. I've been following him for a bit. I followed him over the summer last year over lockdown. And one of the things that you are very interested in is with mindset and gut health. So basically, I'm going to drill you on those two things today and really get as much information as you can out of that. And I think the, the, the gut health is something that I'll be I'll be honest, I'm not someone that's dead well-versed and that sort of thing. And do you know what I mean, it's, it, I'm going to learn today as well and I'll pick up a lot of stuff and it'll probably force my hand to go and go and look and learn in other areas as well. So it'll be an interesting one. And how the two link, because I know that's a definite thing as well. The two yeah, it's, it's such an overlooked part of the fitness industry is there's so much more than just calorie deficit and hitting your protein and just getting food in to fill your macros and i'm really excited to get into the depth of that today i really am yeah no good cool so we'll start off mate what's your story and what are you doing now long long story short well not really i'll just i'll just say the long story to be quite honest because i started i got into the gym got into training got into exercise and looking after myself when i was about 15 16 Similar to any other guy, low confidence, poor body shape, under-muscled, little bit chubby, poor confidence with the ladies, wanted to obviously get a higher caliber of women. And I put myself in a position where I wanted to develop my physique. It was always physique first for me. It was aesthetics over everything. And growing up in an environment with watching Gymshark and watching all these um, John Skywalkers and Ziz and all that when I was younger, I, I, I fucking loved all that. Like just getting into that kind of greek god bod position i know it sounds a bit cheesy but it was true i just wanted to look good and it was only until my brother actually sorted me out with an initial program written on the back of like a tony max napkin that i used for pretty much like nine months in my bedroom like waking up in the morning before school every day doing this this workout five days a week cycling to school cutting the the fizzy juice bringing pack lunches and just I started at a young age I started at a position in a time where I was very malleable I could change I was ready to change I had the lack of confidence to support my drive and my energy to actually know that if I was able to build my body build my mindset get fitter and start controlling the things in my life that I cared about then I would be able to start building my own confidence and develop I don't know the approach to life that I wanted and that allowed me to get girls then when I got the girls I got a bit more confident because I was like I can get girls now so what's the next step and what's the next step and I started getting down into the kind of more education side of training it became a little a little bit more a little bit less sorry body focused and I started loving modalities of training how to progressive overload how to dial in your nutrition to get a certain result how to help others and even from the ages about 15, 16, before I was qualified in anything whatsoever. I had people messaging me asking for diet plans, routines, and I'd just write them out in A4 bits of paper and send them screenshots on Facebook Messenger and stuff like that. And 
from there, getting positive feedback from a young age showed me that what I was doing and what I was doing on myself was helping others as well. And the confidence built, confidence grew, um, decided to study sports science, learned a lot about um, biomechanics, um, biology, anatomy, everything you do, but it was only a, like a HNC level. After that, I realized it was more of the coaching route I wanted to go down. And throughout college, it was all about learning who I was. It was all bodybuilding. It was all nutrition. It was building my body to a point where I was gaining weight, gaining confidence and still gaining strength, but inspiring others around me. Started my own Instagram for fitness, which was under the the, the name of Genghis Khan. And if you know who Genghis Khan is, he was a Mongolian warlord who took over pretty much the whole of China at one point. And that's why they had to build the Chinese wall, the, Ch um, the China wall, sorry. And I had this mindset that I was here to take over whatever I wanted to take over in terms of the fitness side of things. So yeah, a bit egotistical. And through that, built my Instagram, started getting into the more online side of things and understanding that I wanted to inspire others and that led me down a path of self-development and it didn't start off just with reading books and getting my 10k steps and it was much more basic than that it was literally just showing up to the gym every day trying to eat better and trying to think better get my rest in. and I went off and maybe limited myself from some social circles I still enjoyed a drink growing up and stuff like that but I was always the guy that was more focused on training if I was hungover I'd be in the gym hitting bench press it was just one of those kind of ones. And over the years, I remember after finishing college, after initially getting my first job as a, a gym instructor, after getting my level two, getting my level three that I didn't even use for about a year, I worked with um, North Ayrshire Council as a fitness instructor working around all the gyms. And what that done for me, man, was built a really good understanding of how to train gen pop clients. But it got my name around the whole of Ayrshire. Um, working from Largs to Arvin, West Colbride, to Solcoats, to Dross and whatever. And if you know where Ayrshire is, it's quite a small net place, but all the towns are interlinked. If somebody does a fart, somebody else smells it. Like, <laughs> super. It's like everyone knows everyone's business. So your name gets around fast, and it did. And building up a little bit more confidence with my in-person coaching in the, on the gym floor allowed me to develop what I want to do, which would be a coach just help other people build confidence, optimizing nutrition and get in better shape. And again, at that time and that age, very malleable still was learning from so many different sources and so many different people. And it was only until I decided to invest in myself and hire a mentor. And I worked with Mark Coles very briefly through one of his lower tier courses, which is Brand Impact Mastery. And the first call he jumped on and said to me, he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, you're call calling yourself Genghis Khan. You post only about yourself. You do this, you do that. And that was my first kind of insight to the business side of things. Like I actually had somebody audit me from head to toe in terms of not just like, oh, he's got a six pack. He can sell PT coaching. He can be a coach. It wasn't about that. I wasn't really impacting people in the way I wanted to do that and the way I'm doing it now. And he called me out on my own flaws and again, allowed me to level up more. And over the last three, four years has been the deepest trajectory of growth because that's when I trusted my own ability to go all in if I was ready to invest in myself. And 
having the background of working with the council, working on my own, working in different gyms, working with different mentors, that's allowed me to get to a position now where I'm working solely for myself on an online basis, feeling really confident with my deliverables and focusing more on the mindset and the gut health, which we're going to touch on moving forward. But that was just kind of a brief overview of, of kind of what I've done, where I've been. And I've worked in myself, worked in studios, run my own studios, run my own boot camps, done all that. But I'm at this stage now where I'm more focusing on how somebody feels rather than how they look. And yeah, the aesthetic transformation will come from it, which has always been so close to my heart. But at the same time, I just want to make sure anyone I help and impact and, and work with, it's the mindset, it's how they feel, how they look, um, look at themselves more so than anything else, man. Yeah, mate, that was uh, very, very in-depth. But I loved every single part of it. It was a good explanation. And I think you really broke down the journey of like, how you became a coach, but not only that, like you really broke down a, an important part. Everyone has ups and downs with their own ego. And I think it's an, an important part that like, everyone, like, see if you say like, even now, mate, like you, you were talking about like when Mark Coles gave you that bit of constructive feedback and it probably hurt. It probably didn't feel good at all, but you'll look back at that and laugh. But there's so many people going through that stage. And that's not to say that you'll never pick up your ego again. You have it in other areas. You might you might go through a phase where your online coaching fucking kills it with like 10 days of 10 insane results in a row and you're going, I'm the best. I'm the fucking best. Yeah. Then you get another wee reality check. It never stops. Like you you might think that you're like the, the like I might think I'm the boot camp king and another fucking one comes yeah. along next to me then I'm like, oh fuck. Like it's, it, it happens. And I think that was one of the points why we spoke about this podcast before was kind of put up when we're going to go a bit more in depth to to mindset here it's not a finished thing do you know what i mean it's it's a thing that continuously has to be worked on and i just thought that was a really good explanation there of your journey to becoming a coach mate insightful because to be honest i don't really i don't know any of this stuff anyway i don't know you well do you know what i mean i don't know you so it's thing we've spoke isn't it yeah it's the first time we've probably we're having a bit of a chat chat before but it's always good to hear that and uh it's good to hear how other people have gained their experience, but you were the, when I was at school, I, I was not into training at all, man. I, I joined the forces when I was 17 and then that's when I got more into training, but I wasn't, a t- like I never went on YouTube. I never used like anything, not that, like I'm saying it was, I was before that time. It was like, I just never, I just was really ignorantly self-taught, like just to the point yeah. where I was like, <laughs> I don't even need to fuck it. I just need to hear my friends that are telling me what to do. And mm. I think like that's one of the points of your ego is you need to, you need to learn to drop it. You need to know when it's there because it's holding a lot of people back, which is a it's a Man. shame. But um, what's the obviously you spoke about like gut health and, and mindset. Like what really was it that led you to those two things? Mindset for me has always been the biggest thing. Like, I've had more highs and lows. I've always been generally a positive person. I used to, when I was growing up, I was a sponsored skateboarder. I thought my life was going to be, I'll be I'm will i going to be Tony Hawk. I really thought I was going to be some crazy professional skateboarder that would just live life, chilling, drinking beers and skating a half pipe. I really did. I actually thought that was the vision for me until I had a couple of harsh reality checks when I got to a point when I started growing up um, in my passions did change I was so focused on that and losing that sight of my main goal caused me to adapt and overcoming the gym and the training and everything for me was almost like an escape 
um, for giving me structure, giving me something to focus my energy on. Because before I just used to go fly down 20 sets of stairs and bust my body up and this, that, and I get all these injuries. And it got to the point as I was getting older, I wasn't made of rubber anymore. And I wasn't recovering from these injuries. And it was getting into the way where I was getting to the age where social circles were changing. If I continued being a skateboarder, then I would have made the friends I would have with the certain peers I would have. And I had to make that decision. And I realized that you do have to make hard decisions sometimes, even if your heart is set on something, you've got to be ready for ad- adaptation because life happens to you, not for yeah. you, right? And again, that's how we mark Coles when he said the other day. I think Dr. John D. Martini says that a lot, but and he coaches with Mark Coles. Um, but down down to the nitty gritty of it, it's like knowing that there's adaptation always there and has to be made. You have to think in your feet and you have to act fast when you can't focus on the thing you always want to focus on. You always have to adapt, and it's your mindset that allows that change to happen you're either going to be grateful and abundant with your thought processes and what can I do to jump into something else and try something new and develop a new system or develop a new modality of my mindset or my health or just my life, a different facet, or I can get caught up on, oh, I could have been the pro skateboarder and, and fucked my life away for the last five, six years, or I could have went all in the growth mindset and allowed my chance myself and gave myself permission to change for the better because I saw I'm quite good at this. I like training. I like talking about it. It gives me excitement the same way previous hobbies once did. And that allowed me to realize like it's constant adaptation. Be ready to change in the habits that you install in your life and whatever you're doing will dictate the happiness, the result, the pleasure you get from your waking up to the time you go to bed, all of that. And that again, it's it's trajectory. The more you do something like James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, it's all about the more you do it, the more it's going to get locked in and the more success you're going to get from it. And the same thing happened, not missing a gym session for five years in the trot, it pays off eventually. And yeah. doing as much education as you possibly can pays off eventually. And it's only when you stop and realize like, right, I've been at this for six years now since I was young what's the next step and that's what led to the gut health thing like I'm during the last lockdown this is when I really got into the mindset and the gut health in a way that I was even confident and clear with because I hired my own coach not for business but for my own physical conditioning and my shape and coach Jake Carter who is a holistic health coach is someone you should probably follow he is the most left-wing person I've ever spoke to in my entire life he's been on my podcast as well and he's blown my mind so many times but he is the first person who pointed me in the direction of the mind and the body and how they're interconnected in terms of the food you put in the thought processes you have the feelings in which different styles of food can make you feel and how that can affect and directly correlate with the mind and your happiness your health the way you think about things all of that, it was like such a multifaceted red pill of reality that I had to take working with him because of the results I got doing certain things that I never thought would be um, conducive to the results I wanted. That makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense, yeah. Yeah, I'm no, like, no I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just listening, man. Like, it's good to listen. Um, so the stuff we mindset, I think, like, people, we were talking about this the other day as well. It's like, when it comes to mindset, 
like we were talking about fixed and growth mindset like you've got people have heard this and it's these buzzwords buzzwords and i think it's happening quite a lot with like identities people are very like a lot of people you read like james smith's book and it's got a ton of different things like sunk cost fallacy imposter syndrome and we've got into this thing where we're labeling things really hard like really really hard and i think it's they're really really good good in-depth explanations but it's the same with the growth and fixed mindset glass half full glass half empty I mean, like one of these people, how you look at things, you might be a glass half full person in one area, but you might be growth mindset somewhere else. It might be the complete opposite where when it comes to something you're passionate about, maybe it's, I don't know, like you like skateboarding, for example, you might be the most outrageous, dangerous skateboarder ever, but in every other aspect of your life, you might be safe. You might be working in Asda where you're like, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's, I'm saying it's that you might be like, I've been here for 10 years, it's secure, I'm not going to lose a job, but in their hobby, they're like this growth mindset. And what I'm trying to say is, it isn't a thing where you're just one or the other. It's like, a, you have to be like a bit of, you have to take parts of that from other areas of your life. And what I always tell people with training, so when you come and work with me, I like to get people really, really fit and really, really strong. But I know what that does for me. And I know what that can do for other people. So what I'm saying is they adopt that growth mindset and training. I get people to do big challenges, big events. They feel the pressure. They feel uncomfortable. They go, that, that's horrendous. They, they, they keep doing the things that they know that challenges them mentally and physically. But then they see it rub off in other areas of their life. They become more yeah. outgoing because they've seen themselves get faster, run further than they've ever ran, lift more than they've ever done, do a workout harder than they've ever experienced. And all of a sudden... They find themselves being confident enough to go and ask a girl or a guy on a date face to face that no one does anymore. They then exactly. work like going for a promotion, taking on courses that they never thought they would do, often to do public speaking events at work, all these different things because of one area. And I think this is when people go to growth mindset, I think the thing with exercises, exercises that we that's the one that really, really rubs off in other areas. That's the one that really, really ah, explodes. Man and booms on other parts of your life. Whereas it's quite easy for it to go unnoticed in one area. You might be an admin for, uh, administrator and, and work in a, a corporate bank. And you're a shit hot administrator, but outside of that, your life's boring. You know I mean, like you're not really exactly. going to take that energy really. You might do, I don't know, but what I'm saying is that's why exercise is so good. And I think that's one of the things with mindset and adopting that. But I just kind of wanted to kind of go a bit deeper to, that was one of the points me and you spoke about. I wanted to say in this podcast is it's not like a definitive thing. It's not like a, you are growth, you are closed. I definitely feel from in our, our background being coaches, when we do take on, let's say an accountant and they are shit hot and they are amazing at crunching numbers and doing what they do as the accountants do their magic. I don't know what they do back there, but <laughs> whatever they're doing, right? They tie their self-worth to how kick-ass they are at just the job, right? And until they bring a new facet of into their life where they can kick-ass with, which is maybe training, which is maybe running their first 5K, which is maybe one rep max on a bench press, and realizing that they have more potential to fulfill in other areas, that's, as you said, is it seeps into other areas of their life. And people are a bit maybe like, nah, I'm really good at work, but everything else is crap until they've done other wee things that show them they've got the self-belief and they give themselves permission to grow, that cup will always stay half full. But it's like the training gives people permission to realize they've got so much more potential, not just in their work. 
because the training is always going to lead into the work, make them a lot more mentally resilient, allow them to show up with better energy, etc. But the training shows them that they can apply things every week that are just going to push the needle forward and allow them to progress. And they can start doing whatever it is of their life. Like for me, again, let's say, for example, this is a really weird one, but Tinder. I used to look at that like progressive overload. <laughs> Like swipe, swipe, swipe. <laughs> until you, until you fuck it hit a one rep max or something. I know it's a bit of a mad example, but things like that, and it's the confidence that training gave me to go out and be able to approach work, different works that get different jobs, um, and develop my own character. And that's what I know. Your program and my program and our coaching can help other people do, and that opens their mind to what's possible rather than I'm just an accountant i'm just a certain way and it's just such a an eye opener when you get the ball rolling with proper nutrition exercise health and it's transformations happen from the neck up until yeah. up here is grown and blossoming and you look yourself in the mirror and you're not looking at oh my belly's hanging over you're looking at like i'm about size down now so yeah there's yeah. still work to be done but you're moving in the right direction and the self-talk changes. And then when self-talk changes, you start talking yourself out of the bad food that you keep ordering, the, the, the poor choices you make with the training you're doing, and then you start leveling up. Simple. Yeah. I think not really that simple. Yeah. And uh, I, think, <laughs> I think the thing is, it's folk don't, what we were saying, you, you mentioned it earlier on, you were talking, it's not the sort of thing that just happens overnight either like you were saying about five years of consistent training that's when you really be like whoa but then you don't really think of it like that you just think of it as it's the done thing and i was talking to i was talking to becky about this i just started working with the boot camp and was talking about like just like i remember when i started and it was like my first 18 months to two years i start i was talking to you about this before this I didn't have a clue. I didn't, I, I can't, I've spoke about this in the podcast before as well. Didn't have a clue. Didn't even know like social influencers were like a thing on social media. Didn't follow anyone that was, didn't even really know that at all. I totally had to yeah, yeah. self-teach myself all that. And then obviously I've learned off a lot of other people along the way. But like I sometimes, I always remind myself for those first 18 months of like treading water, like really, really hard but that tread and waters allowed me to be in a position where we went into this lockdown and I wasn't even asked. Like I wasn't even bothered because I'm so comfortable in my habits. I'm so comfortable in my authority as a coach. My mindset is yep. very driven that way. And I'm, and I was just thinking that I was going, man, if this happened to me three years ago, when I just started like three and a half, four years ago, when I just started, it wouldn't have been the same thing. Like I would have been in exactly. a, and I, and I know, like, I've spoken about this in previous pod, podcasts where I've said things like, it's stupid if you're a PT and you've maybe sat there and not done anything. And I, I say it, and I think you obviously regret certain things you say. I don't regret saying that. But I think now if you're still making the same choices 10 months later where you're just, like, putting the guard, putting your guard up, now you're stupid. Do you know what I mean? Like, now you're, like, you should have adapted. We should You should have adapted by now. Like, and I think that's the Thanks. thing. And, and like, I, like, it's just amazing to think that what consistency teaches you consistency teaches you things that no, no one else can teach you no one else can teach you 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 just have to do it for yourself it's and it's you become your own self-teacher through yeah. the consistency because you how many times have you let's just keep it to gym based but <clears throat> how many times have you went into a workout and fucked it yeah, really like like said you were going to lift a certain weight and not got close to it, and that's and that's what happens in life. 
like you're gonna have the bar set an expectation but it's never gonna go your way all the time and it's the resilience that you build through consistency with just showing up and doing the hard reps through all those years of you doing your boot camp for example showing up clueless probably sweating profusely under your jumper about the confidence of taking this group through a big workout for an hour then when they leave that kind of that big yeah. breath you take um you're like shit I actually made it for another boot camp see you next week guys and it's like you've done that for for so many years that now it's like no that's me that's part of my identity i am a leader i am able to take 30 people through a crazy boot camp make them think feel amazing and come out the other end flying and that's what it, you you can't learn that by reading a book you can't learn that by investing in a course you got to go out and you got to do that yourself. And that's yeah. what makes the impact long lasting. And where you're at now, mate, it wouldn't, you wouldn't be where you're at if you didn't do all that stuff. If you gave it up. Yeah. Do you want to hear something funny? Actually, yeah. and I think it was like January, February, um, obviously pre locked Like I wasn't really dead happy. Like I wasn't happy in a lot of aspects. I was, I was a busy PT, but I was just stuck in my business. Right. And I was losing my love with like loads of different things. I, I was trained. I was, I don't know what I was doing. Mate. It was just a wee bit like I was, I didn't really think about where things were going. Do you know what I mean? I was just like, I've been a busy PT for about like a year, well over a year, really busy. And I was like, what's yeah. happening though? Like, what's, what's, I don't know what's happening. I'd done my boot camp for ages. I'd done my boot camp for about eight, two years at this point. And it was like a pay as you go thing. I was still stressing about, I just wasn't serving my business. I wasn't, I was just kind of in it just kind of floating about in it. And I actually, in January, there was like a really low amount of folk came and I think I had a load of cancellations one week and I went like that. I think I'm just going to stop this in January. And I actually, and then look at it now, like it's actually like, it's amazing, man. And like, and, and that hopefully that makes some people realize that I, like we've all got insecurities. We've all got, and I, I never give up on anything. And I, and I remember it, Ailey had a word with me and she was like, why are you saying that? And I don't do that. And I just was like, I don't know what it was at the time. And I remember just kind of being in a rut. And I was like, I'm going to give this up. And I'm so like, I'm so glad I didn't. Obviously I didn't. Like I was, I persevered and I stayed disciplined. But we all have these thoughts. We all have these moments of like, when I was training for, I've just had to cancel my Ironman. But um, I've actually got an email back from today saying that I can move it. So good news. Um, hopefully it's just one that's available in Europe somewhere. But when I was getting in the pool, and I remember actually like the learning to swim. Like I, I can swim, but not like swim, swim. I can like not competitive swimming. No, no, like. I can't competitively swim. I can get you can put me in like a river and I could swim across a river or something. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I could go in the sea and float about, I could play about in it. Like I don't know how to do it. And that was the biggest like five I only got five weeks into my Ironman train before the pool shut. And the reason why I had to cancel it was because I had to speak a word with my coach John and we said, we don't know when the pools are going to reopen. Ironman New York that I'm signed up for is 19 weeks away. The pools could open when there's eight weeks to go. And I need to learn to swim 3.8K outdoors in the sea. And it's just not going to be a good experience. <laughs> and probably, oh my God. I, so oh, basically, so I know. And I was that feeling of that discomfort that I was talking about, what it does for you was those pool sessions. I was swimming two, three times a week. And I fucking hated every minute of it. I don't even really like running and swimming and cycling. I don't. I just like the byproduct of what it does for me. I just like that. Yeah. Like, I don't even really. I've seen a daily. I don't even really like it. 
and I don't like I, I, there's certain I ran a big run on New Year's Day and it was a lovely day I really enjoyed it and I went steady and I enjoyed that but most of my runs are hard and like my cycles are hard I don't like them it's cold it's nasty and I think that like showing up every day that swimming in that five weeks that I've done it taught me so much like I remember going I am actually doing all the stuff that I preach all the time but it's so hard for me because I've got this monotonous event coming up constant days and I feel like I'm getting nowhere but you have to keep going do you know what I mean like and you know, like we're always learning and like that, that that's one of the things that I was loving about the Ironman journey was learning every day about more about myself and stuff um, but I will continue, obviously, not right now. But we need, fi- need to figure out when it is. Really a good take home from what you've just touched on there is you as a coach, you probably got to a point with your own training where your body shape and the food you're eating wasn't the, the stress anymore. You know, yeah. And that's why you had to level up and do the Ironman and put yourself in a position where you're like, I need to reinvent the goal. I need to reinvent why I'm doing this. And that gives you that push again that makes you realize shit i'm starting from day dot i'm a wee client again i'm the wee fish in the massive pond learning about hrv learning about recovery learning about how to hold my breath a bit longer under the pool so i don't gas out things like that learning how to do your stride properly on a run so you don't get shin splints all that kind of stuff like you've had to relearn that as like you're starting at the bottom again and yeah, doing that is amazing for all your clients to see. And kind of what you touched on as well there about you were being a busy PT until you kind of reinvented yourself. I was the same. I done, I remember looking at my diary from last year before, I think the year before last, um, before COVID and all that. I was doing 11 PT sessions a day at one point, 6 a.m. till silly at night, a gap where I would go rush to Subway, smash down a foot long, feel horrible go in, deliver the the coaching, feel shit. And it was just day in and day out, six days a week, 50 plus hours. I'd get to Sunday, unravel like a ball of wool and ask myself, is this really what it's all about? And it was until COVID came along and the world changes, people change and you have to pivot fast and realize, right, there's more to this coaching gig than just delivering one-to-one. There's more to this coaching gig than calories, macros and doing um four sets of 12 and all that and i knew there was more to it but you don't really apply it until you need to yeah and when you apply that that's when you grow and that's when you step out your comfort zone and it's the mental state that you get yourself into when you're panicking about losing it also you have to work so hard to swim against the current to get back to shore where you're feeling comfortable and you're like you know i'm back in control i think you going through that the same as me I resonate with you so much when you have to just think in your feet and adapt and, and yeah. try new things and push harder. And you've, you've came out the other end, you've got a business, you protect it. You've obviously done things that have changed the whole system. So you've got more recurring income. You're not stressed about pay as you go clients. You're not worrying about, I don't know, the monotonous training sessions you were doing. And cause you're leveling up, your business levels up with it. Yeah. Because your standards grow that's it and it's it's been a good like and I, I know a lot of people that have taken a lot of good things from it as well but I've loved watching so many coaches level up as well it's nice to to see that and I've loved seeing all my clients like I loved like that see that when we got the announcement there and yeah it was shit it was it was expected though like that was see with the, the new strain of the virus and 
I was like that, like it was kind of expected, and then like I knew it wasn't going to be till thingway. Anyway. So it was it was back to like March sort of experience. Yeah. And so many of my clients were just like they were like not all of them, but like I mean, and, like the majority were like, right, I know what to do. I've done this before. Let's go. You know I mean, it wasn't like a in like the, the energy in the boot camp and the community the other night in the group was honestly I was actually buzzing with it. Like I was like the comments yeah. was like everyone just saying let's fucking do this like wasn't for it we came up with a plan me and becky had a meeting put in a new timetable everyone there was just a bit of hype and excitement with it so i mean like there was just this that and i was like man that's amazing to see that like to see and to see people be able to and that's this is mindset this is the thing and it's it's an amazing thing when you you submerge yourself in a group of people and you see what that does for you it's amazing so yeah it's been massively and i'm not i'm going to be vulnerable like i'm not going to lie the first time lockdown came around i pretty much took two weeks off of life <laughs> yeah. I was, you know what guys i'd literally clients patched me left front and center i lost pretty much about 60 percent of my business because the way it was running there was no systems to protect it and i had that brutal red pill and i felt like i was starting from scratch again and you know what i'm happy it happened and I had a wee bit of a wobble and I had about a week where me and Amy just sat and learned how to make bread and drank our body weight and wine, like everyone else did. And then after that, I was like, nah, get a coach. Sort your shit out, mate. <laughs> you, need, you, need to, you need to focus on you again. And the same goes, like, fast forward to now, when this lockdown hit, um, I got like a day of feeling the same way I did. But then I was like, no, what? The, what what I've built over the last nine months, eight months, the people I've got, the transformations I've had, I trust myself and my ability to deliver. And I've yeah, sometimes get confidence issues with being a leader, being an authority. I sometimes doubt myself and that's, I guess that's fine, but I've laid down the habits and laid down the structure and the kind of rules and regulations I live my life by to allow me to feel that I'm the person that can give these people the vision, the journey, the accountability, the actual, the success system so they can help themselves. And I put a lot of pressure on myself sometimes and that is one thing I need to sort because if a client's doing well, uh, I'm doing well, but if a client's doing bad, I let that sometimes affect me even though it's not always the case. Yeah. And that's, that's I'm still getting over my own cruxes with this whole coaching gig because I do I do still class myself with new to it. Yeah. Like, this 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 thing like Amy said to me the other night, she's like, your work will never stop, Lewis. It will never stop no long, no matter how long you're coaching. You'll never finish all your emails. You'll never finish replying to WhatsApps. You'll never finish on Instagram. Well, whatever you're doing, whatever you're coaching, the results won't stop. The the amount you're putting into it won't stop. But the way you tackle it well and what systems you do and how you develop yourself personally and physically will be like, the shining light that guide you and your clients through all of this uncertainty, all of this bullshit. And it is about just leveling up with your, with your team, with your crew and being the leader that you can be to give them the confidence in themselves, I guess. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. And I think we were talking about it before, I think, and not even from a coaching standpoint for people to listen to, like, like this is like, I think if you've got maybe a partner that's struggling right now, a brother or sister, um, a parent that's struggling right now and you feel that you're in a better position you need to be the authority and it's not a case of oh you can't cry you you, you can't do that that's not the manly thing to do like it's not i'm not saying that i'm meaning like 
be the person that's going to, if you're in a better position than the person that's struggling, go and like be that leader, go and do something that's going to make that person feel better. Do you know what I mean? Go and outsource help, go and reach out to another friend that's doing well, uh, network with people that are doing well, join a Facebook group, an organization, like do something right now because I think when you are that authority, people just feed off of it. Like on the lockdowns now, I just literally went to my group and was like, this is what's happening. Like I wasn't like, it was it wasn't even like a, we've got some options here, guys. It was like, this is what's happening. Like, um, we're doing this. And if you want to do this, this is the way you do it here. And I'm not saying it was like a one size fits all. Everyone gets the same macros or anything like that. I mean, like it was like a, an option for literally doing this, like this is the plan. And I think people just feed off that confidence and stuff as well. And I think, and that that's something as well where we were talking about the, the sort of fixed and growth mindset. The only way you're going to get better at doing that is by doing it. Do you know what I mean? I think that's one of the things that people need to learn to do is just do rather than say, and then we're all yeah. winging it at the end of the day, man. Just Im- implement fast, fall hard, ask for help. <laughs> don't put your head in the sand. Um, I think fall forward with grace. Don't, yeah. don't fall back with like regret. Like, yeah. no matter if you're fucking it up no matter if you're not hitting everything right if you're going forward with the right mindset you're going to learn as you go you're going to build as you grow you're going to put the put the nail in the right place you're going to tighten up that that system might not, might not be working but you know what i'll get to that once i deal with this and don't just get so stuck and fixated on delivering the perfect thing or being the perfect person you're never going to be perfect i think that's something i've i've had to realize recently that I'm going to have lows, I'm going to have highs, but at the end of the day, who I am as a person and what I can deliver defines me in a sense. I'm not tying my, my self-worth to my business, but what I can do for people is a direct reflection of what I'm doing for myself in the mirror in a way. Like if I know I'm feeding myself with the right food, giving myself the right exercise, the right training, I can, my mindset works that way. It's like if I'm good, I can control the rest. If I'm not doing the shit that I know I'm trying to get other people to do, I'm just a fucking nugget. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, 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 and just be blunt. <laughs> I done a, a course recently and it was the Fitness Thrive and it was, uh, I just jumped on to it and it was really good. And there was uh, a guy, Joe, Joe Parrish, I think his name is. And oh, yeah, uh, he's, he's like, he was talking about like the things he focused on is body, brain, business, and yeah. a balance. And he was basically saying, like, you'll find that there'll be points in your life. And it kind of goes back to that mindset thing we were talking about. You might have it where your 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 brain's on point, your training's on point, your body is on point, you're shredded, your strongest you've ever been, but your balance is all off. You're not talking to your partner, you are your head's in your work. But then it may be the other way about where you're absolutely on point at work and like it's just this thing where it's like the I'm, I'm moving my hands right now it's the dials will move up and down in all these different areas and it's never <laughs> just like and when i tell when i check in my clients on a sunday the the numbers that i ask them to do like they'll, they'll give me their scores in five different areas and then i go why like we go a bit more in depth at how would you improve that but what they see every week is they'll go the ones down ones up ones down like do you know what i mean they might get nail four of them and one shit that they're time to themselves shit but the week mm-hmm. after, everything else is good, but they've barely moved. They've been quite, they've not, they've just made poor, poor the choices to move. And it doesn't, the thing is, it's it's not about just being a completed thing. It's about constantly, as you said, progress, not perfection, isn't it? Exactly. And I've been in that position, like, 
when I was my most shredded and my most aesthetically pleasing to the Instagram world or whatever, and my Instagram was growing and all that, that's when my business was at its worst. Yeah. <laughs> it was only focused on me. And then when my business was as best, let's say, my mental health was shocking. And when my uh, my fitness wasn't good, my relationship was fucking class. Yeah. And like, I just keep going through these cycles of trying to get a wee bit better at, at doing them all. And that's the kind of realization that it's never going to be perfect. You're never, you're never going to be 6% body fat. Your business is going to be thriving. Your girlfriends, your family life, your social life is going to be nailed. And you know where I'm going with this. It's just, it's so hard to nail all of them. So you just have to settle with like a minimum effective dose on all of them to make sure you're like spreading it properly. Because I, I, I'm, I can burn out easy if I, if I go too much in one. I'm the same, mate. Like I remember, I, I really struggled with like when it even was a, not that I'm saying I pour more into a session when I do, but when I do like say for example a one to one personal training session, I'm very high energy, and if I found out if I tried to push beyond like eight in a day. I just couldn't maintain that energy. And that was a, it really burned me out. And I would watch other people do like the, what you were saying, 12, 12, 12, but they, they wouldn't be in the same energy. And it's like, it's one of those things, like you, you just get better at learning how to, to manage things and you start to, to, to learn the ropes a bit more as well. But yeah, it's a, it's a big, it's, we've really touched base on probably so many parts of mindset there, but we could go and go, go on forever. But I don't want to, uh, obviously go too much into that what can I relate talk a bit more about gut health and then I want yep. to tie that in oh, no. to mindset so what what's the best advice that you could give someone to become uh, so I haven't read the wrong question there so um, <laughs> in fact I want, to, I want to tie into this one because it's it's a piece of a good piece of information that kind of t- it finishes off what we've just spoke about there for mindset so what's the best advice that you could give someone to become more outgoing and driven in life that kind of rounds off what we've just been talking about there Lewis well, um, generally, you could say you have to set your SMART goals, um, your SMART goals, and you've got to, man, as you Scott, you've got to just do the work on yourself. Like, whatever you are, you will be. So if you are unhappy with your work, unhappy with your relationship, unhappy with your body shape, your thought processes will only be as good as how you feel at that moment in time. And I know it's a cliche, but you just got to work on yourself. And then your brain starts thinking differently. Like we touched on the accountant that just smashes work, but has not, no other facet of life is fulfilling until they start maybe doing training and understanding what it feels like to get sweat on and get endorphins flowing and eating the right food that makes them feel the good way and they lose weight and their confidence grows. It just, it just takes you to take a step back, look at your life and realize like in five years time, or even five weeks time, do I still want to be doing the same shit, thinking the same way, surrounding myself with the same people? And it's almost you give yourself trust, give your grow yourself the trust and believe in yourself enough that despite everything we touched on, that just fall forward, fall forward with grace and give yourself the time and the energy that you need and deserve, like the permission you can grant yourself to be a better person is up to you. You just got to start living like it. And if there's somebody you imagine in your head, like the Christian in five years time, who has the most successful bootcamp in Ayrshire, who has a 
crazy good house and a lovely family or whatever, you wouldn't be able to think that way until you've done all the hard work that you've done till now. And you probably do have a goal that you want to get to until you install that self-belief in yourself just with simple habits, with walking, hydrating, eating, tracking certain things, making sure you're in a good position first. That allows you that growth, that allows that trajectory of thought process to realize, you know what, I can get more from life. I can change my state. Your behavior dictates your response in life. So change your behaviors, change your life. Like whatever you're doing now, if it's not serving you, give yourself permission to change that because no one else is going to do it for you. And when you realize that, you step out your own way a hell of a lot of times and you might feel vulnerable and uncomfortable. There's a bit of humility um, with it all. But when you start doing that, you realize what's coming to you. As we said before, life happens to you, not for um life happens to you, not for you. So it's like everything you're doing is moving you towards a certain point in the future. Everything you are doing is moving you back as well. So it's like, what can you pull and what can you push on your life to allow you to level up your mindset, the vision you have for your life? And if you can even get a wee bit crystal clear on what you want to look like or feel like, that's like the baseline. Once you know you can change your body shape, you know you can change your life because... I've got guys that I work with that have a million pound businesses, but they don't have a million pound body. And I say that to them, it's like, you've built a mil- like a seven figure plus business, but you're struggling to get your steps in. Like, where's your priorities? If you want to start changing your body shape and they're stuck in that position until they, they start changing their body shape, that's when the, the rest of the realization will come because that guy might not be happy despite having all this money, because his body needs to change and he's still sad and he's still unhappy and he's still looking to retire in a couple of years time and he can't do that until he's got his body in check. So he needs to get his own way and realize that he needs to work hard in other areas of his life to be truly fulfilled, more outgoing and happy with who he wants to be. He's a businessman, but he's maybe not the best family man. And he needs to realize until he works on himself, that's when he can only start working on all the other facets of his life that he knows will make him feel amazing. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think all these, I always say it's like the, it's like a wheel with loads of cogs on it. And I think so many people just focus on training. They just think it's training. Do you know what I mean? They don't, they don't think about like their outlook. They don't think about how they hydrate the body. They don't, all these different things and all these, all these things have compounded over years to build some, bad habits and they think that do you know what I mean joining the gym in January for 25 pound a month and going to every class they can is going to sort it out it's I mean it's it's, it's more to it singer I know that's it isn't it how many times have you got the DM look for a training pr- uh, plan what's your prices yeah it's, and it's, not, like, it's when folk just message you and say how much are you and you're like ah, what who are you talking to <laughs> I do pole dancing for this. I know, I know. Is <laughs> I feel like a prostitute? Um, so yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's that. It's that's a really good way to round off, like improve it. It's it's not one of those things you can just. It's a bit of an open answer, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. So let's talk gut health, mate. Give me three common examples of how poor gut health could be negatively affecting someone. So, brain fog, lethargy. Um, lack of drive. These are three things that are common with inhibited sensitization of the gut, right? So you've got things in your tummy and your 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 gastrointestinal lining and your in your in your belly, kind of called microbiome. 
And they're like the healthy bacteria that help you break down food and help stimulate good nervous system responses and allow you to feel and think your best, right? A lot of the time, especially in Western society, people eat a really poor diet of highly processed sugary foods. And they realize that you look around, a lot of guys in Scotland are depressed. And what's their diet look like? Iron brew, pyros, fish and chips. And it's true. And they're smoking fags, they're taking coke, they're doing all this. And what all this does, it just backloads a severe amount of shit through the stomach. And they wonder why they feel all these certain ways when they're waking up for their laboring shift at 6 a.m. feeling like a sack of shit. And it comes down to a couple of things like your micro, you've got microbiome and you've got you've got parasites. The parasites are built up in your gut over time from not having any gastric empathy, not having any care of what you put in your body. That'll turn your microbiome from healthy, good, nourishing bacteria that helps you break down, absorb nutrients and feel great to let's give the parasites a chocolate, which therefore feed your brain with the ideology that chocolate is what I need to eat. And it's like, see that when you maybe walk past the cookie aisle in Morrison's and if you've had a couple of days in the trot, if you know your diet's not been 100% and you walk by and your head just turns and you're like, fuck, I need them. And you 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 maybe have that self-talking yourself to go for the cookies. That is not you. That's your parasites. That is your, your stomach. Um, the negative effects of your lack of empathy for what you put in your body, controlling your thought process to eat more junk. And the more junk you eat, the harder it is to get away from clearing up the, the parasites in your, your tummy. And that's when you fall down the rabbit hole of why can I not control my cravings? Why, why do I have these sugar binges? Why am I going up and down like a roller coaster through the day, through these highs and lows of what food to have? Why does healthy food seem so alien to me? Why is, why is it when I eat <laughs> like broccoli and steak and some rice I actually feel bulletproof for an hour but then after I still crave more shit it's like it's because what's going on in your tummy you've not built the right environment internally to support the external needs the external result yeah the the see so again I'm asking questions here from a personal standpoint as well like does that trigger the hormonal response for like ghrelin and leptin as well? It can to an extent. It's with, with ghrelin and leptin, with your hunger hormones, they can be reduced, they can be changed, they can be altered when you take action for different systems that can allow you to change them. So your ghrelin levels will be through the roof like you're, you're always going to be constantly hungry if you're eating a highly processed diet because the food that you're putting in your body is stimulating the metabolic response. It's burning it, it's breaking it down, but it's not satisfying anything. So it's always going to be revving. It's always going to be revving. There's no turn off. Your, your parasites burn, like eat the food and don't really break it down and digest it. And that leaves you feeling unsatisfied. So you're constantly craving and constantly hungry. Whereas when you've got a, a stomach line of really fresh, healthy microbiome and good gut bacteria, the food stays. And if you're eating the right food, your body breaks it down over a longer period of time and holds on to it. And you feel less um, resistant to cravings and 
next, no, you feel more resistant to cravings, I may say, um, and it allows you to carve your hunger, your appetite, and the response of your brain, because it's hormonal, ghrelin and leptin, and it's it's through your nervous system, it's that response, so like when you're maybe not giving it the, the right food, it's constantly going to be revving, it's like, yeah. it's like an engine that doesn't turn off, I just and know until that you from, can amend that. I just, my experience, because my, my level of like, understanding nutrition is obviously a basic standard and from what podcasts online courses that i've done nothing is literally like formal education on it and one of the things that i know that one of the things that i explain to folk as well is when people tend to binge eat so say for example someone yo-yo diets where they have a really heavy duty weekend on the piss and they're eating loads of shit and then Monday to Thursday, Friday they barely eat anything they just drop the cat because they understand calorie cycling and then they do yeah. that again. What that can do is that can mess them out about with your hormonal response so that you constantly like you get to a point that when you do come to the weekend, you can binge so much because your your response ghrelin is basically screaming at you like I ate all this at the weekend. So if anyone that isn't listening, by the way, ghrelin is your hunger response and leptin is the response that says you're full. Is That's like the, yeah. the hormonal, uh, the rebalance that does that. And that yo-yo, like what a lot of people do is where they barely consume anything during the week so that they can binge at the weekend, just promotes it even more. And I know that sounds simple, but actually it's hard to get out of that cycle when you're in it because your body's telling you to do it. Your hormones are actually saying... It's clockwork. It's like like whatever you are, you will be. Your body gets set in tune with the lifestyle you're living so if your body's used to minimize calories, blow out in a weekend, that's what it's used to. Yeah. It's a way of eating. And it's, it's, way it's, when, it's when people say things to you like, I've got a slow metabolism, what's because I don't eat breakfast, I'm overweight. And you're like, no, no, you eat way too much food. That is it. You maybe eat it in a different order throughout the course of the week, but you're eating too much food. That's it. <laughs> it's nothing to do with metabolism. It's not we just and, and I know that I don't want anyone to take about for me and Lewis are talking about right now. I don't want anyone to take that and run with it and be like, well, the boys were saying about its responses and that's why it's caused this. At the end of the yeah. day, it does drum down to calories. At the end of the day, that is joy. But like we're going a bit more in depth here to talk about more about gut health, and it's it's very interesting as well. So, like, what what would you tell someone like because Obviously, people are listening to this, and we need to have some sort of actionable response to it as well. Are you telling okay. someone not to eat processed foods? Are you telling someone to just eat? Like, what? what what's the sort of gist of this here, Lewis? What would you tell someone to optimize their nutrition? Oh, I love it. I love it because this is this is what I get my hits from because I know how beneficial it is, right? So, when optimizing your nutrition, you got to optimize your environment, and your environment for the food to go into is inside you, right? So first and foremost, when optimizing nutrition, you've got to set boundaries. You've got to almost bring equilibrium to your health. And the only way you're going to do that to stop sporadic eating when those crazy highs and lows of binges and sugar cycles and feeling low and high and grabbing another biscuit to get up again. If you can put a fasting window in place, a front end and a back end and a window for your gut, to only have food coming through it will allow you to stop any sporadic eating times and it will reduce the window in which food's coming so your gut can empty itself a little bit. It can clear out, it has 16 hours without food coming in 
You can obviously do 24 hour fasts, which are amazing for, for microbiome resets and giving yourself a really good control over nutrition because you limit everything. You'd probably only utilize some lemon and water or some carrot juice and water during that time to keep your glucose levels okay. But when kind of optimizing your nutrition, I would definitely set a fasting window in place for the initial stages to give you more control on when you eat and like the time frame you do it. And that will allow you to build more kind of resilience with, I don't need to eat between eight in the morning till 12 on sugary snacks and pastries and coffees and all this kind of stuff. So you build almost like a fortress of time in which you're going to put the food in. After that, you want to start thinking about, right, let's see, let's forget about parasites and microbiome, but let's think about whole food here. Let's think about what does my body ancestrally what is it used to eating from many 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 moons ago thousands of millions of years ago it was things that come from the tree the seed the ground the field the animals that moved in the floor like we never were meant to be subject to jammy dodgers i'm not gonna lie we were never meant to be subject to little finely packed little sugary snacks that were so hyper palatable that you could overconsume. 4,000 calories of them without even feeling full. We were never meant to be given that. So it's like flip your perception of instead of just filling your macros, your calories with, I have a certain amount of food to get to in a protein target. Look at it like I have a certain responsibility with myself to fill my body with food that makes me feel and think the best. Because when you can flip it and go for, I know the 80-20 rule is something that everyone knows but 80% whole nutritiously dense food, things that are not processed. If it comes from a packet, it's processed. And I'm not saying your potatoes because they come in cellophane wrap, that they are processed. It's not like a whole bit of food. It's like your veg, your lean meats, your complex carbohydrates, oats, potatoes, rice, things like that. Loads of polyphenols through multicolored vegetables, all that kind of stuff will give your body the most bang for buck response in terms of what it actually wants rather than what it needs. Because we all need calories, we all need sustenance, but what it what it wants is healthy, nutritious food that it can break down and absorb the nutrients from all the vitamins and the, the minerals that come with stuff. You don't get from a potato, you get all sorts of minerals, but from chocolate, you don't. Whereas if people were eating 100 grams of chocolate or 100 grams of potatoes, they'd feel fuller off the potato because of the mineral profile and what it does to them rather than the the chocolate coming through when it's sugar and fats, which makes them crave more sugar and fats. So scraping it all back, you want to just flip your perception of, I am looking to give my body the best chance of feeling good. And the best way to do that is eating whole nutritiously dense food for a, a large amount of your diet. Okay. When you can do that and you can stick to lean meats that give you enough iron and things like that, they make you feel energetic. And when you give yourself the carbs that your body can break down and digest, and when you don't overconsume loads of the fats that have been processed that cause you to have watery, loose stools, and you actually have good bowel movements that reduce the bloating and allow you to empty the water weight and allow you to stop packing yourself with all the inflammation that comes like, I've ate burgers before and had a sore lower back after it because of like how processed the food is. And when you flip that and give yourself the right stuff coming through, liberation happens. You realize 
how well you think and feel because the good food coming in correlates with your brain function as well. It's all connected. And when you think, when you eat better, you think better. When you think better, you feel better. And that's what it all lines up to. After that, once you've kind of put a fasting window in perhaps and allowed a little bit more resilience with when I eat, what I eat and how I'm going to do it, when you start layering down, right, I've got these amazing whole nutritionally dense foods that I'm going to base all my meals off. You build your diet up with that. What else can you add in on top of that? What's it going to be? Is it going to be a couple of digestive enzymes? Am I going to put apple cider vinegar on my salads? Because that's going to really help. That, like, See, apple cider vinegar, it's not the, the be-all and end-all to, to fat loss. I know a lot of people have been like, right, I've started doing my apple cider vinegar. I'm going to lose fat. It doesn't do that. It just allows you to kind of reduce a little bit of bloating and irritation in the stomach because your parasites that have been so well nourished off chocolate and donuts and shit food are getting freaked out. See, when you pour vinegar on, it freaks them out and it, it kills them. And that allows you to bring more of the good bacteria into your tummy. And then on top of that, if you're having probiotics and stuff, it nourishes the right microbiome in your tummy and allows your environment internally to be so strong that the food that you break, come, like, break, bring into your body is so able to be pro, uh, broken down and digested and the absorption of nutrients can be so much higher, allowing you to feel that you have more energy, you can think clearer, you don't wake up in the morning with like almost like a foot hangover, you are not craving food all the time because the majority of your food is not processed and it's not causing any lulls or spikes in sugar. And next thing you know, you're just, you're literally taking it back to the Stone Age, like bare, bare bones. Like it's not a bro, it's not a bro split and it's not a bodybuilder's diet that you'd see on bodybuilding.com of bison and fucking kale. But it's go, just going for the right, the right style of food and giving your body permission to heal up inside. And from my experience doing this with a coach's overview and a, a really good foresight with somebody so high up in the holistic health realm, he installed the confidence with me to go for this. And he put me on a diet of 1,800 calories at the time where I was eating 3,000 plus calories of very processed food. And I've got pictures of what my diet was to what he got me on. And on the 1,800 calorie diet of the weight the what he put me on, which was like, black rice chicken with turmeric to help reduce the inflammation. The black rice um, is the most naturally sourced rice possible. There's no processed chain through that at all. Lean organic pro, uh, unprocessed meat. So there's no chemicals getting pumped into your food. All of this kind of stuff going for steak and eggs for breakfast with massive salads, not um, having porridge as my main kind of carb source for fuel and workouts and performance and getting away from grenade bars, monsters, fucking um, all, all these little kind of things, all these little processed health foods that you see, you see all, you see all the time, it's like, oh, low fat, reduced sugar granola bars or something and you eat a whole pack of them. And a lot of people, like a lot of clients that I've had in the past, like the these wee cereal sugary bars, but it just causes them to go up and down. But see when you give them 300 calories of, lean meat, good quality rice, good quality vegetables, and teach them how to make it in such a way that it's tasty, then they feel so much better and they feel that they can kill life like because they've got the energy and the confidence with their nutrition to make them feel and think the best. And then after that, from my experience of doing it, you can eat so much less 
but the, the nutrient density and profile of the food you're taking in has got such a higher value that it crushes all the reason to fill your ca- your calories with junk and fluff calories, which I like to call them, because the, the, the food, the fluff calories that we've touched on don't do anything for you. They make, they make you feel good at the moment. It gives you a little bit of, uh, that's quite enjoyable, eating a bit of chocolate, but it's not going to make you feel as good as a, a steak potato meal with broccoli and loads. I know that sounds really bro, but the way I make my meals, it's quite exciting. But generally, eat the good foods, balance the front and back end with things, implement things like digestive enzymes to help speed the process up of breakdown of food so you're not, you've not got a backload of food. Like the worst thing you can ever have in your stomach is when you're eating foods that are maybe high in FODMAP. So your fermentable oglio, monosaccharides and polios, things like that, that will pull water from your colon into your gut and cause you to bloat and feel really full of water retention, everything like that. There's each person has a FODMAP chart they can relate to. And there's certain foods that cause irritation internally that we don't even know. Like I found out that I'm actually slightly allergic to apples. Not yeah. like I eat an apple and I die, but if I eat two, three apples, which I used to a day, the acidity causes um, a rise in acid in my stomach and causes me to have heartburn and can pull water from my colon into my stomach and cause me to be quite bloated due to the fibre. And finding out how certain foods make you feel certain ways and like bagels. If I eat a bagel now, I fucking die. I really do. I really have a hard time breaking that down because a bagel is so processed and so stodgy and doughy that your body actually burns more energy than the bagel gives you breaking it down. And if you eat two bagels with bacon and eggs, tasty as hell, so goddamn nice. But then 30 minutes later, you're probably going to feel that you need to lie down. Yeah. And then (laughs) if you were to feel with, rice with turmeric and some lean steak and loads of colorful polyphenols for peppers and asparagus and vegetables and give your body really good vitamin and nutrient profile, then you're going to feel rock solid, super focused, and you'll be able to run a marathon after it. Yeah. It's all about feeling properly, isn't it, as well? And what's your take on, like, see when, like, people, are you someone that's very anti, like, processed foods completely, or do you still, nah, you still very much, like, the you do allow, like, yeah, I have I have my my days. I, I stick to a couple of rules. Like I fast every day again. I'll start my day with some Himalayan pink sea salt with some a squeeze of lemon in it to get my my stomach kind of nourished and get the pH balance ready so it can digest food properly. The first meal I have, it's got to be something that's going to give me lean meat. This, that, and the other. But through the day, like I will have snacks. I will have some processed food, and it's eighty twenty. 80% of your diet come from whole nutritionally dense food, 20% for fun food. Yeah. This is one thing that um, I do with my clients. Like I'll start my clients on a basic diet that's relative to where they're at in their life as the process and the coaching gets a bit more intense. And they're like, what's the next step for my diet? I'm like, hey, we've not even touched on the holistic side to what we can get you eating like. And when you can educate them on why that's going to make them feel a certain way, and run it through sets of 21 days at a time, liberation diets, anti-stress diets. Um, You can get people reducing inflammation, reducing injury, recovery time flies up, the digestibility of food gets better. They start texting you in the morning, wow, my poo's feeling fucking good, man. (laughs) It's like, all right, 
brilliant we'll pull that in the data tracker we'll make sure your still frequency is looking good for the next couple of fortnights or whatever and and all that and people don't think the bigger picture than calories macros protein and that's something i was like i've done that for a long time as well like like eat it i totally get it and the thing is it's i'm not dead savvy i understand nutrition like i get and i know that the ins and outs of it i get the the sort of what people need to do people overcomplicate it so much but the thing with me is when i do all these mad endurance events and stuff that i do i'm very when i just train resistance and just do conditioning work my balance is quite good with food see when i start chucking in 15 mile runs fucking trail running big cycles that's when my nutrition starts going to shit because i'm i'm like i'm like see right now i'm dead lean but i'm eating a lot of, i eat well but i also eat a lot of things that i just grab my hands on because i'm like i need calories but at the same time i'll be like i'll eat like a nourishing meal and it's a big meal it'll be like a, like a really 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 sturdy meal like nine nine hundred one thousand calories and i'm like i'm starving still and it's like yeah, a, yeah. it's just one of those things. It's it's I find it hard when I do any of the sort of when I really increase my cardio output put to like sessions at ninety minutes to two hours and all that. Like I'm fucking starving and I can't stop eating. And that's that's when you give a little bit of leeway because when performance comes into it, um, we're talking gen pop person. See when it comes to performance athlete that's when you can start being a little bit more relaxed because your mental resilience that it takes you to run 15 miles that'll you'll have used all that mental resilience so the food choices have to be easier for you to consume yeah. and you need fast acting quick calories that give you satis- satisfying feeling straight away like i'm not gonna lie the the really cleaner healthy diet is not as satisfying as burgers and it's like if you look at the even look at like ross edgley when he swam around the uk he was getting his nutrients in. But this is what I spoke I remember I spoke to you this morning, but this is a nurse. So technically speaking, like when I've done any over the past few years, when I've done any event where I've done like the, the lasting for like say six hours, 24 hours, 20 hours of that, like you you need to imagine like all your percentages get bigger. So if you had Susan that's five foot nothing, works in an office and doesn't exercise, Susan's calories are marginal. Whereas you've got Christian at six foot two, is 85 uh, kilograms, lean muscle mass. If he goes and runs up a mountain twice, he's, the margins yeah. are going to be much bigger. So my even my salt intake is going to be fucking enormous. Like my, like, and, it's, and that's why like, I was talking to Charlie in my gym one day and she was like, I just ate like a packet of biscuits. I, had, I think I'd been, I had two sessions in that day. I ate well, but I was like, I'm still starving. I actually need to just take, and I just ate like a full packet of this. She's going, Christian, that's so bad. And I was going, no, but I'm actually doing that much right now that yeah. like, I just need to take calories on board on top of my nutritionally dense foods. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I can't get them in. And that's a good bit. I know. And, that, and then I've got maybe, let's say, for example, like I was going for a point there for like, week three, week four, week five, I was getting up in the morning and Ailey was up early. She's going, do you want me to make your breakfast? And I was having two pieces of French toast, like two pieces of bacon, two eggs. And then I was having like, I was drinking, take my water, take my vitamins, like literally getting up. But I was like, I had to, because I knew I was going into work to do five sessions and I could get a, a snack. And I was having to think way in advance for my nutrition and folk were going, I can't eat like that. But the thing is, it's all well saying you can't eat like that. But if you've got an objective of, you are going yes. out a 10 mile run 
after a morning, a morning of boot camp and PT, you need to eat, you need to make sure you're fueled. And uh, kind of comes down to just personal preference at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I know it's, 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 it's rule setting. If you can give yourself that um, permission to eat three really whole, nutritionally dense food, the microbiome will be offset to a point that will be they'll be in your favour, and they'll counteract the majority of the shit you do. But see, for like a performance athlete, that you do need the calories coming in, you do need the quick, fast-acting carbohydrates from maybe a slice of Madeira cake or something. Yeah. Like it's true, you do need something like that. That's when you can give it a bit, a bit of leeway. Hundred yeah. percent, man. No, I'm that's see, definitely, and that's where I'm at. Mine's is my nutrition is good, but then when, it's when I start doing all these things, it just goes, and I don't even feel that bad. I feel fine. Like I feel really on point. I feel a bit mentally run down for maybe what i've done but like i'm actually feeling fine it's, it's just crazy it's just as i said those margins all boom they shoot up bigger once you start doing more as well but um what's the last point i've wrote down there so what would you recommend it's i've just literally asked you that question anyway i've sound very I'm, I'm a bit rusty on the podcast here i'm pure but right, can i just wait with it today? <laughs> but um yeah mate so to round it off like firstly mate i just like to say it's been it's been a class conversation man um what's what's your plans for the future what are you doing now mate let us know what lewis is up to this this week for me um sets the tone for the rest of the year kind of i've been on a call with every one of my clients and i've got about i've had about 46 calls this week of just on a zoom call it's a lot it's mentally taxing but after i clear this week i'll be able to set the timetable i'll be able to set the open offices i'll be able to set the, the coaching and the teachings for the rest of the, the year see what clients are coming see what clients are going there's a just with the lockdown there's a wee bit of, a wee bit of things i need to do with my business but i have big projections in terms of what i want to do with my business and that is go all in online which i've had to do right now before i even wanted to um i finished up with one-to-one coaching pretty much it's not i'm not saying it's ruled out forever but be more consistent online grow my business and dial in my niche a wee bit more there's going to be a time i think in the next coming months where the education that i'm doing behind the scenes will, will pay off and i'll be able to teach people a lot a lot more of like a, a tighter a tighter type of training um more more for the mindset and the gut health side of things um so it will, it will maybe kind of repel some people um some people won't be able to co- be able to be coached that way so it'll be a very specific type of person i'll be working with so really really dial in on my target market and who i'm going to be wa- uh, walking uh, walking to talking to <laughs> and working with um continue just build my business and just with the uncertainty in the lockdowns like usually every year I love traveling I love getting away I'd love a holiday I really would I don't I don't I'm meant to be going a cruise this year but I don't see that happening you know just like <laughs> um, covid floats aren't they I know man <laughs> but um, honestly I've got good optics for what I want to do business wise but see like physically and stuff i've not really set myself massive goals right now i'm just at a level where quite happy with the way i look quite happy with the way i feel my nutrition's in a really nice position where i never stress about it i'm not wanting to compete in bodybuilding ever again it's not really for me i want to make sure i can maintain a good body shape but 
as long as I can show up with optimized energy and really clear structures on how to bring my clients to a level, I just want to really hone in on transformations as well. Yeah. Like, I, I sound like I've got fuck all goals going on, but... <laughs> It's not really got a lot going on, um, man. It's like, and I think, like, you've just said, I think you've you've started the year off and you've still not done a bit of, like, uh, you said yourself you don't have any physical goals. That You've still got time to do that. It doesn't need to be done on a January 1st. Do you know what I mean? But, um, I think that's, that's stress you put in your own self. It's like, what are my big goals? Because I see the likes of you training for an Ironman. I'm like, I fucking not even ran a 5K since last March <laughs> when everyone was doing all that. I got challenged off like D hat or something. I was like, fuck off, mate. Um, <laughs> Run five, five. I know. But like, I'll, as the year progresses, once I clear my head, get out of the forest a wee bit with this this week of calls, so it's been mental just getting back to everything. Then I, I feel like I'll be able to sit, go to my mission and vision board. I've got like, oh, I'll point this to guys in the podcast won't see, but every time lockdown comes, I get a big whiteboard. And. I get my, I just have a big brain dump. I feel like my brain gets constipated in the moment and then I just need to have a big cleanse and get it all on yeah. paper and then I can get my thoughts together and actually start working through it. So this after this week, you might see a post of Lewis McFarlane's big 2021 goals. How are we going to do it? How are we going to smash it? And we'll see if it happens. Good. That's <laughs> decent, mate. Like you should get get some this. You've got some great business goals in there, but just get... The thing is, like, you're at a point where your online status is good. Like, you're not going to start to drum up more and more. Like, you're not going to go, well, I'm going to take 100 clients on board. You'll just be, like, stringing yourself out. So it's now down to really nailing who you want to work with. Do you know what I mean? And so, but definitely, maybe you should do an Ironman. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Um, it's there's the scope for things like that in the future because I'd see how much it gives people in yeah. terms of, such a big challenge that it scares them yeah. like I, I think for for january i'll start off i'll set a day where i'll do a 5k and i'll see how fucked i am and uh, <laughs> then i'll go from go from that but my brother me and him are living together right now and he's just started his journey in coaching and i'm helping him a hell of a lot so it's like it feels for the first time i'm kind of passing some of my knowledge on and teaching him about how to coach and the check-ins and the procedures and onboarding clients and stuff. So it's like, he's a bit of my focus as well to help. And I'm work- Amy's doing a lot of work with me behind the scenes um, just with with client satisfaction and stuff like that as well. And she tidies up all my documents and makes them look all neat and tidy. So like, we've got a nice wee group going right now. I can see my brother and Amy and myself doing really cool things over this year. Good. But um, we just need to go to the drawing board and tighten a few things up for going forward because this lockdown was not predicted. I didn't, well, I kind of thought it was going to come, but I was like, you know what, Amy, me and you, three months, Bali, we'll go Bali, we'll go Thailand, we'll go Australia, be fine. But nah. Yeah. I, mean, happened, I, booked so. up, I booked up Tenerife for the end of this month. Literally, like, <laughs> I think, it, like, see, in, in March, no, sorry, November, I was like, I reckon come Easter, we'll see things, but obviously we didn't expect this new strain. So I think that's what's through the spanner on the works, man, isn't it? But off oh, as what it is, yeah. man. Like it's it's one of those things, isn't it? Like we can't really fo- I suppose it's that don't focus on a trajectory that's not there anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like don't exactly. don't worry about that. But 
thank you very much for coming on, mate. It's been awesome. It's been class to chat. Um, where can everyone find you, mate, if they want to find you on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever? <clears throat> for my Instagram, just Lewis McFarlane Coaching. Um, Facebook, Lewis McFarlane Coaching. It's just pretty much the exact same as my Instagram. For a podcast that I did start that I didn't follow through on, <laughs> it's Lewis McFarlane Coaching on um, Spotify. Uh, no, it's not. It's the LMC podcast, actually. Even It's been that long. But there's some really good nuggets in there. I got um, Coach Jake Carter. He came on that as well. And I've got a lot of other cool coaches on that. And I want to maybe start that again in the future. But there's some really good nuggets in there from business coaches as well. Um, and what else? What else? Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. No, cool, guys. So if you are tuned into it, make sure you tag both me and Lewis on the podcast and get it in your stories as well. But anyway, team, I'll catch you in a bit and I'll see you on the next one.